you were with us on the last one, we were talking about prayer that gets results. And so we're going to pick up, this is session number two, and I'm just going to do, a, I'll do a little recap here, kind of catch us back up, and then we're going to get into this second segment. So we were talking about faith begins where the will of God is known. We were talking about prayer, how to get your prayers answered, and we were just talking about establishing uh, how faith comes. Romans 10, 17 said, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And of course, you know, if you don't have any faith that God will answer your prayers, it's probably because you don't know his promise. I say uh, very often, even as uh, my spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagin, used to be uh, saying and had been heard to say so many times, find scriptures that promise you the things that you're believing God for. You see, in God's word, he's made it very clear uh, where he stands, what he's provided for us through redemption. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the in Christ, in him realities. And as we learn who we are in Christ, who he is in us, and what belongs to us, then we can take a bold stand when we come to God. In fact, you know, in Hebrews, uh, the fourth chapter, the Bible tells us to come boldly into the throne of grace, where we may obtain mercy, find help in the time of need. And God doesn't want us to come in like worms and beggars and, you know, oh Lord, is there any way you could do something for me? God loves us so much that he sent his son to the cross to shed his blood, give his life, to purchase our freedom and liberty uh, from the bondage of sin. Uh, he purchased back the peace of mind that belongs to mankind. And uh, if you've been checking the news and checking even social media, you'll see that there's a lot of people today who are very upset, people that are angry, people that are confused, people that are really uh, having a struggle but God has promises that will carry us through even the most turbulent waters. And so it's God's word that we need to have settled in our hearts, established on the inside of us, so that when we come to God in the time of need, we can come boldly. We're not coming arrogantly. We're coming boldly. We're coming confidently because we're assured of what it'll do. Of course, if you don't know, if we don't know what God will do, there's no way that you can come in that, that frame of mind and in that position of boldness and confidence. Uh, I want to read uh, from Isaiah. We're going to kind of step back over into that place uh, for this second session and talk a little bit more about what God's Word has to say about the Word of God and His promises itself. In Isaiah uh, 43, verse 26, he says, Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. State your cause. You see, God is saying, tell me what I said. Remind me what I said. Well, it's not because he can't remember. It's because you and I should know what his promise is. And when we're coming, we're just simply saying, Heavenly Father, this is what you said. I, I come in the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus said, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. And so when I come to the Father, I'm asking in his name, the name of Jesus. I'm coming to him and I'm trusting 
that uh, he hears me because his word says he hears me. The Bible says that the ear of the Lord is inclined unto the righteous in the book of Psalms. And the scriptures, you know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Here in Isaiah, uh, he says, put me in remembrance. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, this right here is a powerful scripture. It's very simple, very short, but he said, no matter how many promises God has made. You know, God hasn't made so many promises that he forgot what he said, and uh, he's just not even, you know, hitting on certain categories. No, God has given so many promises to his children, and it's our job, not God's job, hear me, it's our job to read the word of God and acquaint ourselves with his promise. You know, when we pray, the most effective way that you can pray, if your desire is to see results, is to pray the word of God. Too many times people are just throwing a, a prayer of desperation up there or they're just, you know, flipping something out. Sometimes, you know, we'd have like some kind of little uh, catastrophe or, or some kind of uh, thing that would happen maybe in the country or in a city, in a town situation and, and people don't know what to do. And they said, well, I guess we might as well pray. There's nothing else to do. Like that's a, a, the last ditch thing to do. That should have been the first thing that they do. But the reason people will talk about like that is because they're so used to trying to fix things in the natural that they're not accustomed to going to God. Whereas, you know, the Psalmist David said this, he said, what shall I render? What shall I give in return to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? And God answers that question when he says that with, that you'll call upon the name of the Lord and take the cup of salvation. You know, God wants you to call on him. The best way you can honor God is to go to him. You're not taxing him. You're not burdening him. You're not burdening heaven. You won't bankrupt heaven with your big request. God is a big God. He's a powerful God. He's almighty God. I think it does us well to just step outside on a starry night and look up into the stars and try to count them like he said to Abraham. He said, see if you can number those. Well, obviously he couldn't. Well, who put those there? Well, God put them there. God spoke the whole universe into existence. And whatever is happening in your life and mine, not only is God aware but God is able to meet the need. After all, he did make us. The Bible says that we are, uh, you know, the sheep of his pasture. We are his people. God longs to do for you and I if we'll only come to him. But again, you know, many people have no faith in God whatsoever simply because they don't know what his promise is. And when you don't know God's promises, when you don't know what he has to say, that's like, you know, trying to get some millionaire that you don't know to do something for you. And he has no idea 
your character and you really don't know what his is and and there's no relationship but yet you want to see if you can pull this off God wants us to have a relationship it's not just that we've confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior God wants us to have a relationship so that any time day or night when we come we're confident to call you know I never think about maybe he won't listen I never think about maybe he's not listening uh, I just start talking because I know I have his ear he's my father he's your heavenly father I know he's listening and I know that he loves me because he said he did in the Word of God you know Jesus himself said come unto me all you that are weary heavy laden he said and I'll give you rest Jesus said he would never leave us he said he would never forsake us well the simplest terms I can put that in is when something bad happens in your life some failure some mistake maybe that you make and and uh, everybody leaves you you know uh, it's been well said that all the rats jump out of the boat when the ship's going down a real friend the Bible says a true friend sticks closer than a brother and that true friend the scripture is talking about is the Lord Jesus Christ he won't bail out on you just because you blow it he won't bail out on you if you miss it he won't quit you just because you make a mistake he'll come to you he'll show you the way out he'll show you how to overcome and he'll always teach you through the Holy Spirit in line with the Word of God it's his promise he's already made he's already blessed it he knows what it is and he has no intentions of not fulfilling it let's look at first um, John 5 14 you know we've mentioned this before but when we talk about praying the word uh, and praying with a boldness first John 5 14 gives us a great picture of this truth so turn in your Bibles and let's look at this first John chapter 5 verse 14 he said now this is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask we know we have the petitions that we have desired of him this is such a great scripture John is talking about being bold and confident having an assurance if I come to him he's saying this is the confidence that we have he didn't say we'd get it someday after we've done a you know 1500 marvelous things and then finally God will say you have earned it it doesn't work like that Jesus is the one who purchased our redemption he's the one who earned it for us he secured it for you and for I that's why he said no man comes to the Father but by me but you know you can come to the Father and Jesus said if you abide in me and my words abide in you you'll ask what you will and it shall be done for you he said if you abide in me he said my father and I we will come and make our abode or make our home in you so if you're living for God you're walking with God you have an assurance because God can't lie you have an assurance that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us well his word is his will 
I hear so many people, you know, so confused about, you know, they have a need and, and they're sincere and they, they love God, I mean, with the knowledge that they have, but they, they say things like, well, I just, I just don't know what God's will is, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it's not meant to be. God doesn't have this uh, hidden thing of maybe it's not meant to be. God is very clear in his word about what's meant to be for you and I. He gives us, as Peter said, exceedingly great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. Peter was saying God's given us promises so that we can partake of what God has provided for us. But if I don't even know what those promises are, Romans 10, you know, 17 said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, if I don't know what his promise is, then I'm not going to have any faith. And if I don't have any faith, I'm certainly not going to be confident. And if I'm not confident, well, then I won't have any basis to come to him. And I may just stand around like some people saying, you know, maybe it's just not meant to be. I mean, God knows I have this need. Well, God expects you to ask. Didn't Jesus say you have not because you ask not? He said, knock and the door will be open. Seek and you'll find. God's not trying to keep his word from you. He's not trying to keep the revelation of his word from you. That's what the Holy Spirit is here for. Jesus himself said, I'm going away. Remember in John's gospel? He said, I'm going away. But another helper, another comforter will come. The Holy Spirit. And Jesus said in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth, he calls him the spirit of truth, so you're not going to hear something that's off. The Holy Spirit's going to come when he speaks. It says he will not speak of his own initiative or his own accord. He won't say something of his own initiation, but rather whatsoever he hears, that shall he speak. So whatever the Holy Spirit hears Jesus or the Father say, that's what he's going to say to you. And he said he would lead you and he would guide you into all truth. So the word of God is not to remain a mystery to us, but rather the Holy Spirit is the one who will help us to understand it. He's the one as Ephesians 1.17, and you should pray this. It's a Holy Ghost uh, initiated prayer. It's given to the church. He said that the eyes, the Apostle Paul said, I'm praying the eyes of your understanding. Another uh, translation says the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you would know what's the hope of his calling and what's the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, what's the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, even the mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And Far above all power, principality, might, dominion, every name that is named. The Bible says uh, he's uh, given Jesus to be the head over all things. He's put all things under his feet. And he, he's telling us that he wants us to be in the know, not ignorant, not blind, not thinking, well, I, I just don't know what God's going to do. God wants us to have a clear, clear picture of what redemption is about. Jesus went to the cross. It was a horrible death. He paid a huge price, but what was it for? 
just it wasn't just fire insurance to miss hell thank god for missing hell thank god for living uh in heaven thank god for our blessed assurance you know jesus is mine i'm going to heaven one day you you and i will go to heaven we'll live in the presence of god the bible says you'll wipe away every tear there'll be no sorrow there's going to be no pain but there's more than that. There is heaven for the here and now. There's the blessings of God for the here and now. There's the provisions of God for here and now. Even in the Old Testament, the scripture says, they that do know their God will be mighty and do exploits. And so God is not uh, withholding. He's not in reserve mode, you know, and saying, I just got to make sure there's enough to go around. God has more than enough for your entire lifetime. But if you don't know it, if you don't know it, you don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, well, you won't have any confidence. You won't have any faith. And Hebrews eleven six said, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So if I come to God, I should expect him to reward my request if I come according to the word. And if I have come according to the word, why would I think he won't? You see, you've got to get that mental thinking out of the way. You've got to get feelings out of the way. Your feelings don't make the decision on whether God's listening to you or not. Neither do they make the decision whether God will answer your prayer or not. God answers your prayer because you have faith in his word. If you come with the word of God, that's the will of God. And he already said, I watch over my word to perform it. Remember what he said to, you know, Jeremiah 33, he asked Jeremiah, he said, um, he said, what do you, what do you see there? He said, um, well, I see, well, I see this almond branch and it's budding. And he said, you've seen well because I watch over my word to perform it. Now let's look at, uh, Mark 16, 20. It says that they went forth and they preached. This is the disciples. They preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Notice what they preached and noticed what God confirmed. What did, what did God provide signs following for? He said it was the word that they preached. Well, the word must have been his. He already let us know that he watches over his word to perform it. John said, this is the confidence we have in, he, in him if we ask anything according to his will. Well, if I'm declaring his will and I'm saying, Lord, you said in Philippians, you know, chapter uh, 4, that 19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And I'm saying, thank you, Jesus my every need is met. You provide for me. You're Jehovah Jireh. The Lord shall provide. And I'm just thanking him and I'm declaring that word and I'm saying I'm not going to live broke. I'm not going to live uh, without. I'm not going to live suffering. I'm going to have more than enough because that's my God, the God who's more than enough. I'll always have my needs met. Why can you say stuff like that? Because God said he would supply all your need according to his riches and glory. He never mentioned the economy. Yes, the economy uh, can impose some hardship on people, but you know, if you turn and put your faith in God, God will come through for you, regardless of the economy. And so you don't have to worry about what's going on in, 
your country. You don't have to worry about what's going on in your city. You don't have to worry about, you know, your job. I remember many, many years ago, uh, I was working in a, in a small company that had come into town and they were kind of getting their feet wet, trying to get things going. And they were there for a few years and they ended up closing their doors. And I remember being there and they, they are already having this talk about letting people go, you know, and I was in the lunchroom with the employees and they were talking one by one, you know, what are you going to do? And one of them had just bought a new truck and he didn't know what he was going to do. And he was all concerned. And uh, then they went to the next one, the next one. They were all talking. I was just sitting there eating my sandwich and I wasn't saying anything. And then one of them spoke up and said, well, ask Mike. Nothing ever bothers him. <laughs> I didn't know they noticed that. But my confidence was in God. They said, well, what are you going to do if you lose your job? I said, I'm not concerned about it. I said, God got me this one. He'll just get me another one. Well, after lunch was over, later in the day, came back in there. We used to get little breaks, and one of, the, one of the girls came to me, and they said, how can you be so confident like that? I said, because God promises to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I have his word on it. I don't have to worry about it. God will take care of me. And if you'll trust him, he'll take care of you. And she said, oh, I wish I could be that strong. I wish I could be that confident. Well, you know, you can be that strong and you can be that confident. It comes by reason of use. Confidence comes by putting your confidence in God according to his word and practicing it. It's not about just hearing it and saying, man, that's great. I love that promise. No, you have to make God's word your word. You have to make that promise personal to yourself and say, that belongs to me. That's mine. I received that. If you don't apply the word of God to your life and begin to act like it's true, nothing will happen. And that's the reason some people walk around saying things like, well, you know, God did it for so-and-so, but he never does anything for me. And they're so confident that he's not going to. Well, Jesus made an amazing statement, Mark eleven twenty three. He said, whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Now you just remove the mountain part and notice this amazing truth. Even sinners can do this. He said, whosoever shall say, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Who did he say could do that? Look at verse 23, Mark 11, 23. He said, whosoever. Whosoever. If whosoever says something and they believe what they're saying out of their mouth, they're going to have it. Now that is not positive or negative. It's simply a spiritual law. So what do you mean? Well, wintertime rolls around and you got these people saying, oh, flu season's coming. They're already, you know, selling flu shots and I always get it every year. I'll probably get it. They have confidence that they're going to get the flu and guess what happens to them? They get it and they see, I told you so. And they're kind of proud that they prophesied they'd get the flu. You know, see, I, I just know these things. No, it's their mouth. They're coming in line with spiritual law. They're saying things and they're getting them. And it's because of what they say. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, um, I think it's around the 12th chapter, he said, 
by your words, you're justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. It's not what somebody else is saying about you, and it's not what the devil is saying either. You don't get what the devil says. You get what you say. What do you say? What do you believe? So we're talking about prayer, and prayer is simply a fellowship with God. Prayer is coming to God in our covenant relationship, and it's just letting him know what's going on. We're just talking to him, and if we have a need, he already tells me to cast the whole of my care upon him. In Philippians 4, 6, why don't we, why don't we just turn there? I didn't really have that in the notes here, but why don't we just turn to uh, Philippians chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 6. This is a great promise, but it has, it has a few things that we have to do. Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing. I think I'm going to switch over. Give me just a moment. I'm going to switch over to the Amplified because I like that a little bit better. Uh, he said, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, <laughs> continue to make your wants known to God, and the peace of God shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, being content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort it is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your mind in Christ. He tells us to come to him. And he says when we, when we come, he said, don't worry about anything. Don't have any anxiety about anything. The New King James simply said, uh, let me back up here. He tells us that to come and make our request to God and not to, not to be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petitions, let our request be made, made known unto God. And then he says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ. And so, you know, if I'm praying the word and I'm not being anxious, then I can, I can have a confidence. He says here, do this with thanksgiving. You know, if I'm thankful and I'm thanking God for doing it, surely I believe it. Why would I be thanking somebody for something I don't think they're going to do to start with? I, I don't normally do that. Do you? <laughs> I don't thank people for something I have. Pretty sure they're not going to do it anyway. I wouldn't thank them for it. That doesn't make any sense. But God says, come to me. Tell me what your request is. Let me know what it is. And he tells us to come with thanksgiving. And he assures us that the peace of God, the peace of God will come. You know, when I have a confidence, when I believe God's word, and when I come to him with his word, that alone, it's just, I can come into his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you said. Thank you for your promise. Uh, maybe I need healing in my body, and I go to the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely this man has borne our, our sorrows and carried our griefs. Uh, another translation, more accurate of the Hebrew, because it, you know, it is, it is, sickness is grievous, and, and uh, 
I don't know why they translated sorrows, the word, because it's really for pain. Uh, in, the, in the Hebrew, it's saying, surely he carried our sickness, our weakness, our disease, and our wound. And he carried our pains. He's borne all this for us. He bore our sickness, weakness, disease, wound, and carried our pains. And the chastisement or the disturbance of our peace was upon him. The Bible says we esteemed him smitten of God and afflicted. We thought, you know, the scripture saying people thought that was happening to him for his punishment. But it was for our transgressions that he was bruised. It was for our iniquities it was laid on him. And the Bible says in verse 5 that with his stripes we are healed. Jesus took for me that penalty. Galatians 3.13 tells me that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So the curse is not chasing after me. The blessings of God are chasing after me. He said Christ redeemed us from the curse. That means he purchased us. He paid the full ransom price for my penalty, my sin, and yours. Paid it in full. And he says he, he redeemed us from the curse of law being made a curse for me. As it is written, curses everyone that hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And that's me. That's you. So when I look at this verse, you know, I have to say, thank you, Lord. And I come with a confidence and I come with a peace. And when I say, Lord, here's what you said, and I remind him of his word, this is how we get our prayers answered. We pray according to God's word. Uh, we quoted John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, if I'm going to pray apart from God's word and I'm just going to say something else and I don't even know if his word promises or not, I can't have any confidence that anything's going to happen. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for results. And that's why the title of this whole teaching is Prayer That Gets Results. You want results? Find out what God's Word said. Meditate on God's Word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Get your faith built up in that Word and then come to God and say, Lord, this is what you said. And he's not going to be mad like, what are you doing? No, he's, he wants you to come and say, here is what you said in your Word. And so based on your promise, I'm coming to you, and I thank you right now for meeting this need. I thank you, Father. This belongs to me. Uh, maybe you're just quoting, you know, what is it? I think it's 1 Corinthians 1.30. We have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord. I have the mind of Christ. And you're just making a good confession by the word of God over your own life. Thank you, Lord, that I have peace. Thank you that the Prince of Peace lives in me. Thank you, Father, that I have abundance and no lack. God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that I have the mind of Christ and I'm not ignorant of Satan's devices. You know, if you'll take God's word and begin to speak it over your life, it will build a strength in you. It will build a solidness in you. I see too many Christians' lives that are just like a roller coaster. The reason they're not stable is because they're not familiar enough with God's word and they're not consistent with the word of God. I've said this many times, you should be feeding on the Word of God daily. You need to sit down, sit down, take time apart before you go to work, do anything else. You're going to read the Word. I do it every day of my life. And then sometimes, you know, I was working on my website today for the ministry to to help people like you get these videos. And, and I'm working on that, but at the same time, I'm listening to Brother Hagen do a teaching 
And while I'm working there, he's teaching me and I'm getting fed. That's the way you need to, you know, you need to live your life. You need to make it a lifestyle that I'm just going to keep putting God's word in. You know, they used to say about computers when they first came out and, well, not first, but I'll, I'll, let me just pull forward. They actually had them a long time ago. Um, I, I understand they had those things clear back in the 50s, 60s. They were developing things. But let's just fast forward to the 80s. And they had this statement where they'd say, uh, you know, this thing's not working. And someone put the wrong command in the computer, so it spit out a bunch of garble that didn't make any sense and it wasn't what they wanted. And people get all kinds of frustrated. And they said, well, junk in, junk out, garbage in, garbage out. And, you know, life is like that. You put trash, news, mess, hurt, pain, destruction, criticism, griping, racism. I mean, all the mess that's on the news. There's never anything positive. They never hardly have a hero story or talk about some wonderful thing that somebody did for somebody. They're just always talking about who blew it over here and this person that's going to get sued and that person that embezzled money and <laughs> this person over here that everybody hates. That stuff is not going to build anything worthwhile into your life. If you want to be strong in the Lord, if you want to walk powerfully with God, and if you want to see your prayers answered, feed on the Word of God. If you're lacking peace in your life, get in the presence of God and begin to just worship Him and thank Him for who He is. You can start off by saying, Thank God I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, that I've been washed clean of all sin by the precious blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that when I call, your ear is inclined to my prayer. Thank you, Lord, that goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. You can talk that way, and you should have that time with God. That's what keeps you peaceful. That's what keeps you solid. The storms of life come to everyone. But the way that they handle them and what they do with them has so much to do with whether they have a good, strong relationship with the Word of God, the Word of God, and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I can know Him and love Him and mean well, but if I don't even know what He's promised and, and, and what He said, how can I understand Him? Smith Wigglesworth was an English preacher. Uh, I think he passed away in like 1948. That guy had, uh, history says, I think it was like 23, some people say 26 people raised from the dead under his ministry, and they called him the apostle of faith. Smith of Wigglesworth would say, I can't understand God by the way I feel, and I can't understand God by what I see. I can only understand him by the word. And that is so powerful because if I learn to understand God by his word, his word gives me insight to who he is. It gives me insight into his character. It gives me insight into his faithfulness. It gives me insight into his love, his consistency, his protection. I begin to see who this God is that made this entire universe and looked down toward me and wanted me. But you can never appreciate it without reading it and discovering it. And that's really what's missing. That's why he said in the Old Testament, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is not bliss. I know that people think that's a cute little saying. Oh, ignorance is bliss. Ha, ha, ha. I don't know it. What I don't know won't hurt me. 
You're wrong about that. There's a lot of things you don't know, and that's why you're hurting. Just saying. That's what's happening to a lot of people. It's because they're ignorant of God's word. They don't know, and that's why they're hurting. Well, we're going to give one more scripture here, and then I think we're going to move on. We're going to uh, close the meeting and come back, and we'll do another one on this. But let's just read uh, Numbers 23, 19. Great scripture. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. You can turn there, and let's read this. He says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Uh, so powerful. God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken it? Will he not make it good? That's, that's excellent. This right here, you know, people make promises and sometimes things happen and they can't fulfill them. God never comes to you with an excuse. You won't come to God and say, Lord, here's what you said you'd do for me in the word and then, you know, it never happened. And you say, God, well, what's going on here? Well, you know, I just wasn't able to, sorry, I couldn't just pull that one off. That's not what happens. God has a promise. God has his word. He's given it to us so that we can come boldly, confidently, and listen, God delights in you doing well. How do I know? The Bible tells me in 3 John 2, he, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You know, if I'm prospering in my spirit, man, and I'm prospering in my soul's realm, I've got my mind renewed with the word of God and I keep it renewed, I'm going to walk in health and I'm going to see my needs met. And God says, above all things, he wants you healthy. He wants your needs met. He wants you taken care of. He wants your mind to prosper. He wants your heart to prosper, your spirit. I'm not talking about this pump, although, yes, that's included in our healing and our redemption. God wants us to be blessed. And that comes by knowing what God has said. 